1: On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors bounce back from a flat performance against the Spurs but fall just short against Pascal Siakam's Pacers. We'll dig into the late game execution, the Siakam tribute, and Scotty Barnes looking very much like Scotty Barnes. Oh, because like, when I shot it, I expected to make it.
2: So like I don't shoot trying to miss. So.
1: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Locked on Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Thursday, February the 15th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can all my work over on the website that sucks at WoodleySean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked on Raptors. And of course, You can join us over on the Locked On Raptors Discord server, a great little listener community we got building around the show with diehard listeners just like you who want to talk about the Raptors all the live long day instead of doing work at their office jobs. Uh, Come hang out. We'd love to see you in there. It's a great place to be. Link in the description. It's free to join as always. Uh, Of course, you can find the show for free on your favorite podcast apps. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Always appreciated when you support the show, however you support the show. And we are on YouTube as well. You can go subscribe to the video version of the show each and every day on the YouTube channel. We are nearing 4,000 subscribers. Let's get us there by the end of All-Star Weekend, please. That would be very nice if you could go do that if you haven't subscribed yet. Also, while you're there, hit the notification bell, and you will get a heads up every single time the show is about to go live or premiere you can come hang out in the chat with all little sickos who like to hang out in the chat. So, yeah, do it, please. All right. On today's show, breaking down a wildly entertaining Toronto Raptors-Indiana Pacers game, Pascal Siakam's emotional return, Scotty Barnes marauding in the open court, and some late-game execution that let the Raptors down. We will get into all of it, and we'll do that with the God of the Game recap from Raptors Republic. It's Jamar Hines. Jamar, how are you, my man? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I am encouraged after uh, you know how flat and lifeless that monday game against the spurs was by how the raptors came out in this one a pretty hot start look we'll get into the defense i'm sure it was pretty putrid for long stretches up this game but to their credit they shut things down in the fourth quarter just so happens that the pacers defense also shut the raptors offense down you could argue the raptors offense shut the raptors offense down down the stretch as well uh but jamar i feel like the place to start here Coming off of Monday, where Scotty Barnes uh, left the bench early, had maybe his worst game of the season, he came back and fully bounced back with one of his better games of the season, I'd argue, in this one. 29-12-8, and 12-22 of shooting. Goes 0-4 from 3, but just kills the Pacers in open court. You know, transition opportunities, scoring around the bucket, deciding I'm going to go coast-to-coast whatever I want and score on this porous Pacers transition defense what were your impressions of Scotty Barnes in this one coming off of that? Uh, very, very, uh, I think, concerning performance on Monday against the Spurs.
2: Yeah, that's what a lot of it was, where he was just a lot of it was via the downhill variety. And not only just the scoring, but he would get a head of steam going downhill and find a, a corner shooter or something like that. hmm uh it's Indiana's defense it is what it is so you know (laughs) might as well take advantage of it and yeah it was nice to see Scotty bounce back uh coming off of Monday where you know he had you know some turnovers and then he would you know put his head down or lag back and obviously coming off the I'm leaving the game a few minutes early I mean a few seconds early that was discussed at nauseam over the last two days and, it was a really
1: good conversation that we all liked right it was great yeah,
2: and then even <laughs> and then the 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 when they were asking darko about about that and then scotty and like the darko said that they talked about it and scotty said they, they, they didn't and it's like okay that makes it even worse mm-hmm. so we can we can kind of put that all behind us now um hopefully we don't have that situation again but yeah, this was a pretty good game from Scotty. outside of the three-point shooting. Uh, a little bit too many turnovers, though, six turnovers uh, mm-hmm. down, the, down the stretch, kind of bobbled the ball a little bit. But, you know, I guess growing pains, especially down the stretch, those kind of plays. I think one play, uh, Pascal was guarding him, and he tried to drive, and then he lost the ball to bounds, and then I think... One of one of the scramble plays where he kind of fumbled it again, but other than that, yeah, he did a did a good job finding teammates. He good, did a good job initiating his own offense. A lot of it was downhill, and you can do things like that against Indiana.
1: Yeah, like not every defense is the Indiana Pacers defense without exactly. Miles Turner and Aaron Nesmith by the end as well. Hopefully yeah, good fall, yeah. Um, and so you know you want to see this, you know translated from the Pacers defense to other opponents that are perhaps a little bit more stout. But as far as, you know, putting what happened Monday behind you, this felt like a pretty good way to kind of close the book on that. I did want to ask you, we didn't really talk about the idea of like suspending Scotty after that, obviously the sort of um, see precedent from during the Tampa season where he left a game early he got one game from the Raptors then I think that set people up to maybe think there was going to be some sort of discipline for Scotty Barnes here I frankly thought that would have been to make a mountain out of a molehill frankly I, I didn't really think it was necessary there and I think you know the fact that he came out and had this game much better way to sort of put Monday night to bed than Having him sit after like, through a suspension all the way through the All Star break, going into the All Star break, having sat out a game because of what happened on Monday. Um, you know, I, I don't know if the Raptors ever even entertained suspending him, but did you think that was something they should have done? And are you happy in hindsight that they didn't do it?
2: Well, I was under the impression that there was more going on with the Siakam thing like sure. wasn't there like a dust-up of Nick Nurse in the back or something like that
1: yeah it was like right at the the sort of nadir of their relationship probably I would argue yeah
2: so I, I feel like there was more going on in Pascal's situation which is the reason why they suspended him or Scotty just seemed like a one-off incident and it would have been pretty awkward because obviously Pascal returns the next game mm-hmm. and, the, and then in the game before the all-star break is you know they just kind of reckon, you know, recognize Scotty with a, a little bit. You saw him at May Court with Bobby Webster. And I don't know. it just it, you would have had this hanging over Scotty going to Indiana and then coming back for the next ten days. And it just felt like why it felt like completely unnecessary. So I understand why they didn't do it, and I'm happy that they didn't.
1: Yeah, I think they were vindicated big time by the performance he had. And credit to Scotty. Like, this is it, right? Like, this is the growing phase of figuring out how to be a number one on a team. Pascal even talked about this, right? Even said he had a chat with Scotty about um, sort of riding the ebbs and flows of being a number one, especially for a losing team. It can't be easy to step into this role for a team that's losing a whole bunch of games. But I, I think, you know, bygones are now bygones and having that performance against the Pacers pretty encouraging. Let's see if he can bring that sort of marauding spirit to his play in future games. Obviously, like a Scotty Barnes who's pushing in transition is a very hard player to stop because of the way he sucks in defenses, because of the way he can score over basically anybody. Uh, You know, Scotty Barnes playing like he did last night. Like that's the blueprint of Scotty Barnes. I don't even care if the threes fall. Take the odd three here and there, but the bread and butter for Scotty Barnes is being a physical marvel, getting into the teeth of the defense, scoring over guys, and then spraying out passes uh, based on what the defense is doing to try to stop him. So really encouraging stuff there. Overall, I mean, the starters bounced back in this game. They were pretty miserable in that game against the Spurs. You know, they continue to pad their numbers. Um, Jamar, the starters with Gary Trent Jr. still a plus 12 net rating now in over 200 possessions played together per cleaning the glass. We'll get into Gary Trent Jr., who I thought was the weak link of the starters in this one. But did you have any other thoughts on um, the sort of return to form for Jakob, Purtle, RJ, Baird, and Emmanuel quickly in this one? I thought all three of them had good games in their own ways.
2: Yeah, Jakob really looked good in the first half, especially. Um, him and Scotty had a few things going into pick and roll. Uh, RJ probably had the best start of any Raptor. Uh, I think he had, what, 12 of his 23 points in the first quarter. He was doing the typical RJ thing where he would, you know, just bulldoze into the paint and and, and get there. Um, RJ had, yeah, a, a very solid game. And I feel quickly had a good bounce back game. I think quickly shot mm. pretty poorly in... This Birds game, I think he was like two for 12 or something like that. Uh, and only one yeah, of
1: five from three in this game. But Only one
2: of five for yeah. three, but you know, 14 points, seven assists. Uh, I, Darko kind of wanted him to shoot more. He said that post game, but not really anybody under Raptors was shooting well. So, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah it is what, yeah, six of 26 from deep. The fact that you lost this game by two and had that bad a shooting night for a team that's not been shooting that poorly. For the most part this season, that's, uh, you know, that's a variance loss, probably more than anything else. They thought they played well enough to win this game, which is all you can really ask for as they go through this building phase of trying to improve their habits and get things fine tuned. Uh, one thing that they are going to certainly have to fine-tune is their late game finishing. We've seen it fall apart against in games against, say, for example, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They nearly squandered that game against the Rockets last week. And in this game, they lose the fourth quarter by four points. Their defense locks in, but their offense simply can't get it going. We're going to talk about the late game execution for this team coming up in just one second, which is obviously, for most teams, the biggest hurdle to figure out when you're young and learning. We'll come and get into that coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood, is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement account retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with 3% match. That's this offer is good through April 30th. Get started on robinhood.com/boost subscription fees apply and now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Global Market Radius global market research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC is a registered broker-dealer.
3: No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house, house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count
1: And we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic is here to break down the Toronto Raptors loss to the Indiana Pacers 127-125 on Wednesday night to send us off into the all-star break. And they sent themselves off into the all-star break with a bit of a rough run of crunch time execution in this one, Jamar uh, you know, th- there was some good stuff. I thought they got some good looks in particular, the RJ Barrett look to tie the game, you know, kind of backing down Ben Shepard, getting to a spot where RJ Barrett has been making shots in his sleep since he became a Toronto Raptor and frankly, throughout his entire career, you know, that was, I, I thought a pretty good play design, getting a good look for one of your better players. I didn't even have a problem with Scotty Barnes stepping into that pull up three late that led to the Yaka Pirtle offensive rebound and two free throws. Uh, big free throws there from Yacht, by the way. Nice clutch free throw making on his end. Um, But overall, a lot of sloppiness down the stretch, Jamar. And I thought the defense was giving the Raptors plenty of opportunities to go and score and pad a bit of a lead. But instead, they just kept on kind of kicking it away, slipping it from hands, just kind of very sloppy. Just the stuff you expect from a young team dealing with a pressure situation. What were your overall thoughts on the way the Raptors closed this game, particularly in the offensive end? But if you have defensive thoughts as well, fire away.
2: Well, the one defensive possession that really hurt the Raptors was when RJ decided to double Pascal and leave Tyrese Halliburton wide open. Yeah. Uh, that one hurt. I think it was a, a one-point game and Halliburton made it a four-point game he made five threes on the night yeah yeah that that one hurt because that that one was a brain fart like if you're gonna leave anybody open it's not tyrese halliburton to double yeah so yeah someone someone else needed to double pascal in that situation so that was like the one defensive gaffe i can think of off the top of my head offensively they did get Quite a few open looks. Gary Trent Jr. in particular, he had at yeah. least two wide open threes. He just couldn't knock them down. Uh, the Scotty pull up three you mentioned, it was almost from the same spot that he had to pull up before. That um, his foot was on the line. We call that the Demar DeRozan three point shot. Uh, that made it a <laughs> one point game instead of he still does that. Um, that made it a one point game instead of tying the game. Yeah, there was some a couple of sloppy uh possessions as I mentioned before with Scotty where he kind of fumbled the ball a couple occasions. But I wasn't too too mad about the looks. Even uh before Grady Dick came out of the game, he, um there there was some kind of transition momentum changing type of game uh possessions where he had an open look and he just couldn't knock it down. And Grady Dick has been on fire pretty much for the last month. So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of this is like a make or miss league. Yeah, some possessions could have been better, but I wasn't too, too upset with the shots that they got. And the RJ shot is another one at the end of the game. That's a very makeable step back, like not even a ten footer. It's like in the paint. That's something RJ can make. Ben mm-hmm. uh, Shepard did do a good job staying in front of him and, you know, forcing him to take that type of shot. But that's one RJ can make. And I do like that, you know, Scotty showing off his leadership a little bit. He was the first one to go to RJ after he made that shot. R j clearly frustrated with himself to miss a mm-hmm. makeable shot. But yeah, I wasn't like too too frustrated. Yeah, a couple possessions could have been better, but yeah. Yeah, I felt like
1: just the general crispness of what they were doing was just not there. You know, just like the kind of the ball squirting out of hands and stuff. And the numbers suggest that the half court offense in this game was actually very bad, which is surprising because the Pacers defense is very bad. The Raptors in this game, a 95.3 half-court offensive rating. Uh, Really, really, yeah, I've scored by like 20 points per 100 possessions in the half-court by the Pacers. They made it back in transition where they had like one of the better games any team has had in transition this season. You know, 22.3% frequency. They were running like maniacs. That's 96th percentile among all games this season. Uh, Points added per 100 possessions plus 10.5, 95th percentile on the season as far as transition potency goes uh they scored better than a point and a half per possession in transition they killed it that was great but they don't get transition down the stretch because it did bog down into a half court game and credit to them like a part of this was that they were getting a lot of their own stops and it kind of just ground down to a halt um on both ends but yeah i I thought you know the the sort of the big landmark plays of the game no problems whatsoever the way scotty stepped into that three i think he was feeling it i think that's a shot you take and obviously they got rewarded with the offensive board from Yak and then the, the rj thing had no issues with whatsoever the gary threes i'm going to get into the gary threes coming up in the good the bad and the hmm that was not necessarily ideal um i felt a bit of an interesting stat kind of digging around this morning sort of looking at the raptors since the pascal siakam trade on january the 17th um, and the stat that popped out is the crunch time numbers for the Raptors since that deal. They've been blown out a lot since that trade, but they've also played a pretty good handful of close games as well. It kind of is surprising to me. Uh, they are currently since January 17th, fourth in the NBA in clutch minutes played. Uh, 36 minutes uh, of clutch time action you know number one is the bulls at 43 minutes that's not surprising the bulls play every single game hilariously close um but the raptors right there at 36 minutes in that time they are not very good they're a minus 7.6 net rating team their offense is 105.9 it feels like they haven't quite figured out sort of the hierarchy of how they want things to flow in crunch time at least that's what it feels like overall um but i have to say Getting 36 minutes of clutch time action in that time, being in close games, whatever, you know, whatever the the, the Thunder game or the Rockets game, this one, they've played seven games that have qualified as clutch games, you know, within five minutes, within five points with five minutes or less. I think that's like a genuinely good thing for the developmental process here, right? Like it it, it cannot be a bad thing to be getting some reps in close games, even if the losses keep on piling up.
2: Yeah, 100%. And you even look at, you know, th- this is the process. You look at Demar. Demar, at later in his Raptors career, ended up being a pretty clutch player. But he had plenty of possessions in like 2012, 2013, where the games on the line, and he would dribble the ball off his foot. Something Scotty's mm-hmm. doing right now. Yep. Um, you know, obviously everybody knows Pascal's um moments especially in the tampa season where it felt like everything went wrong down the stretch and i think a lot of the 36 minutes damn near half of that is the thunder game because they went to two (laughs) overtime right two (laughs) overtime so all that would count pretty much so uh but no this is this is all good um and part of the transition really would be you, you now missing a guy who could command double teams, which is what the Raptors tried to do, and that's how Tyreese ended up so wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and Pascal in this game was pretty good in the clutch down the stretch. He made a tough jumper over um, quickly uh, with the shot clock running out, running out, and one point game with like 30 seconds left. He had a strong driver, RJ, and, and drove it off the glass. So the Raptors are missing a player like that that can kind of get his and also command extra help where, you know, someone could get an open shot. So it takes a little bit of time to, you know, adjust from that. And now Scotty's getting that attention. And it's like, how how does he deal with that? And how does he decide when to score regarding that attention anyway or, you know, pass it off? Because I remember in the Thunder game, people thought he was being too passive. And then there was a possession where, I think he had the ball and he just held on it forever until the clock was running out. And then it was like, mm. what the hell was that? So these are just things you got to learn. Like every young team's got to learn down the stretch, how to execute. And, you know, if, if the number one options being double team, triple teamed, you know, who else like the hierarchy of like who, who else gets the ball? How do they execute? I think, In this case, you know, sometimes quickly would be that second option. Sometimes Mm -hmm. RJ would be that second option. just depends. But, yeah, I feel like this is all things that get figured out over time.
1: Absolutely. Like, this is the stuff you're fine with when it comes to young team stuff. It is kind of cutting your teeth in close games you can't cut your teeth in close games if you're getting waxed by 25 points every night which is where like the sort of baseline of the defense needs to come up not every team is going to allow you to score especially in transition like the Pacers did so like Mm -hmm. if you want to have more games like this there has to be a bit more integrity on the defensive end and I thought to their credit like down the stretch in this game outside of a couple gaffes where hey look sometimes the two-man gravity of Siakam and Halliburton are going to mess up the way your defense looks and you're going to have to live with that. That's what they're designed to do. Um, you know, but for the most part, I thought they were pretty connected. I thought there was good communication and, and you know, shout out Chris Boucher as well uh, yes. for coming in and having him some moments. We'll probably talk about Chris Boucher coming up in the final segment as well as uh, yeah, he was, he was quite nice and a nice addition to the, the sort of defensive intensity for the Raptors in this one as well. Um, you know, still want more barnes quickly actions i feel like we saw a little bit of barnes grady dick in this game sort of using that dribble handoff gravity that dick can have you know we saw barnes use a keeper play get downhill for a dunk um you know would like to see a little bit more sort of working the gravity that quickly has as a shooter with scotty and the sort of multi-faceted actions he can run especially at the elbows but uh that stuff they'll layer in and work out that's what this is all for We'll come back on the other side. We're going to close it out with the good, the bad, and the hmm, the way we round out every single recap episode of this here podcast. We'll do that coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Hungry Root. And right now is a perfect time to get on in with Hungry Root because, look, no one wants to go grocery shopping. The days are getting longer. And while there's more daylight, you don't want to spend that daylight at the grocery store. You want to actually have time to go and enjoy the outdoors Go for a nice walk before dinner. And what if dinner, all the ingredients for it were delivered to you via Hungry Root? Hungry Root is the partner in your healthy living. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. All you got to do is take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root. will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal taste, but each order is fully customizable. You can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and so much more. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA channel listeners 40% off your first order, and this is important, free veggies for life. Free veggies for life. That is huge. Go to hungryroot.com slash locked on to get 40% off your first delivery and your free veggies for life. That's hungryroot.com slash locked on. Don't forget to use our link so they know that we sent you. Closing out the show here the way we do after every Toronto Raptors basketball game with the good, the bad, and the hmm, a thing that we liked, a thing we didn't like, and a thing that's got us a little intrigued from the latest Toronto Raptors basketball game. And Jamar, I think we're aligned on our good for this one. The Toronto Raptors kind of nailed that Pascal Siakam tribute, no?
2: Yeah. I think Kawhi got the best tribute video. Right. From any returning Raptor. But I kind of want to say that Pascal got the best overall return reception. Even you could even throw Lowry in this. I think Pascal got the best one. Um, I thought them playing off pascal's uh, players tribune where he wrote about you know the 43s in the crowd and he would always mm-hmm. look for one as a young player growing up and he'd always got out that yes anytime he saw one and then he saw more and more and more and then he understood that as time goes on those 43s are going to disappear now that he's on indiana kind of the sad part but the Raptors in the 119 section making sure that everybody basically had a Pascal Siakam jersey to wear, and it was mm-hmm. literally like right in front of him. I thought that was such a cool touch. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that was amazing. And then you, you've seen some of the photos where he's like pointing and just literally a sea of 43s everywhere. Uh, the Pacers broadcast asked him about about it after the game, and he talked about that meaning so much to, to him. So I thought that was just amazing by everybody involved and you know, not even just that section. There there's 43 jerseys everywhere. If I had to gone to the game, it'd probably be shame on me because I, I never got a Pascal jersey. <laughs> so yeah, that would have, I don't know, I don't know what I would have done, but for everybody that was there, shout out to them for that. That was a beautiful moment.
1: You didn't hop on the sales when they were uh flying off like hotcakes after the trade. Come on, man. These, you gotta get these on the are, discount these are the, three,
2: these are the three Raptor jerseys I own. I don't own anything else. I For actually... the
1: listeners, uh Vince Carter, DeMar DeRose, and Kyle Lowry lined up oh, yeah. and behind Jamar here. Yeah. Um yeah, that's I mean that's a good jersey collection. I got I have myself uh I have a Kyle, like the the vintage white dinosaur one from a couple of years ago. Got myself a Lamond Murray that I found at a thrift store this summer. Yeah, the wow. face you just made it. Yeah, I was pretty stunned when I found it too. Uh, <laughs> and I've got a Surge one from after he left.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, they got a Demar one. You got you to like uh, compile that jersey actually. actually- Actually, yeah. I have a Bosch one, but my my I, my younger brother has it. So I, uh, technically, I do have four. Okay.
1: I have a Bosch one that was just so ill-fitting for me when I was like a a, a doofus little thirteen-year-old uh, kid that I kind of think I put it away forever because it just did not fit me properly, and I wore it around all the time like a um, fool. Uh- so you,
2: you, you, well, that was that was the triple XL era. Where yeah, you, it was big yeah. clothes times.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely pair them with a pair of XCO jeans or something and looked like an absolute moron on um let's uh yeah just my quick thoughts on the pascal thing i thought it was beautiful i thought um you know having all the kids wearing the number 43 on the court as well and i I would imagine it's probably it hit a little harder than even the kyle return although the kyle return was pretty awesome as well just because it's so fresh right like we're less than a month out from the trade it's been a trying time for raptors fans i think there's been a lot of um you know i think some fans feeling you know like the team maybe is going to regret what they've done here not a huge return from the trade there hasn't been something to get necessarily get excited about in the terms of the fallout of the return from the trade yet so i think pascal coming through it, it just was a a beautiful sort of confluence of freshness and a clearly deservedly beloved toronto raptor who uh, I am very excited to ship back to the Raptors in four years. Once his contract with the Pacers is nearing an end and the Raptors are looking for just that one extra piece to put them over the top. I cannot wait for that run of podcasts in four years time. Um,
2: what was your bad from this? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can I just, yeah. Yeah. What's up? Can I just add one more good. Cause you know, I, I break the rules here. I just want to make sure I give Chris Boucher a shout out because here's a guy yes. who missed uh, who's DMP CD six of the last seven games. Comes in mid-third. You could argue to any reason he was in the game is because Kelly Olenek left in the first half. But nonetheless, comes in the game. You know, he I, he was strong on the offensive glass, gave Raptors a few extra possessions, and he played well enough to pretty, have a pretty long stint in the fourth quarter. So, you know... It just speaks to his, you know, professionalism and things like that. It's kind of, it's kind of of the uh, Thad Young variety, where you, he doesn't know when he's gonna come in the game anymore, but when he does, he's still, you know, ready to play. So, just quick shout out to Boucher for that.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Chris was awesome in this game. And, you know, Kelly Olynyk's going to miss some time. He left with a back injury. We'll see, uh, you know, 30-somethings leave with back injuries. That's just kind of the way it goes as a 30-something myself, whose back always hurts after I play basketball. I get it, Kelly. Get well soon. Put some ice on that bad boy. But, yeah, if Chris Boucher is going to be part of the rotation here, I mean, the energy he provides is great. You know, the sort of results from said energy is a little bit sort of up and down over the you know over time. But, uh, you know, if he can bottle what he did in this game, there's absolutely a place in the rotation for Boucher. And hey, uh, speaking of like nice ovations and nice receptions, it seemed like him coming into that game was something that got a real crowd pop, which is very nice for a guy who has been, you know, the longest serving Raptor, who has been, you know, a subject of plenty of trade rumors this season. Seemed like he was on his way out the door last week. For him yeah. to get back in there, see the appreciation from the crowd. Uh, a lot nice little people bit of were, fan favoritism there for Chris Boucher.
2: Yeah, a lot of people were wondering, when is he going to play? Is he going to play? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think someone tweeted, there is even someone shouting, we want Boucher <laughs> in the back for <laughs> like, since like the first quarter. So you got Boucher. So And look, I've understood why
1: he's been not a huge part of the rotation, right? He's in his mm-hmm. 30s now. He's probably not going to be part of the next really good Raptors team, but... Doesn't mean he can't contribute and help right now. And maybe this is the thing that gets him back into the good graces of Darko Ryakovich, especially if Kelly Olenek's going to miss some time. Uh, and I'll I'll relish that big time because Chris Boucher is fun when he's cooking. Uh, let's get to the bad. What was your bad in this one?
2: Uh, I'll let you go first because what I have, we've already touched on.
1: Was it Gary Trent Jr. missing the shots that Gary Trent Jr. is there to make?
2: Yes. Yep.
1: That, that, was, that was me too. Uh, tough, man. Like it's... I don't think he had, like, necessarily a bad game. He was in the right spots. Those are shots that he should be taking. But, uh, you know, if they're still in sort of evaluation mode with Gary Trent Jr., if you're not making those shots, like, it's it's tough to reckon, right? And, and like, the, the sort of decision to pay him gets all that much cloudier if he's not going to be someone who can knock down those big looks for you. And, again, two for six from three, it's not bad by any yeah, means. Yeah, I was about but, to say, he was the yeah. only
2: rapper that made multiple threes in this game.
1: That's actually insane. Uh, <laughs> oh my
2: god! No, it, it, it can't be too too much of a bad. I mean, two for six is thirty three percent. It's not like it's two for ten or something like that. But it's just the untimeliness of the misses, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. They were looks that miss. you
1: feel like should go in, and it's just uh, it's tough stuff.
2: My other bad, my other bad was I already mentioned it. The the, the RJ double of Hallibur. I mean, double yeah. off Hallibur. And that was horrible. Like especially yeah. at that time of the game, that was horrible.
1: Yeah, that was rough. Uh, And look, wins and lessons, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Don't leave one of the best shooters of our lifetimes alone. That would be smart. Um, What's your hmm from this game?
2: Yeah, this is also based off Gary because it involves Grady Dick. And we're Mm -hmm. going into the second half of the season now after the All-Star break. And I just figure it's a matter of time when they're going to give Grady a nod at the starting uh, shooting guard spot at gary trent jr's expense Mm -hmm. uh grady had a okay game this game it's not like his games the last couple games where what he had seven points he was i want to say three for seven from the field one for four from three yeah that's exactly what he was uh he's the the little things he does is is showing more now that he's shooting Mm -hmm. well i thought he had a a great pass to bruce brown in the first half where he, he found him perfectly roll into the basket for a dunk bruce brown was pretty um Pretty fired up to play Indiana. Yeah, he's got some dunks that I haven't seen, like probably his best dunk as a Raptor so far. He's um, just like
1: walking to the rim in the second quarter, like yeah. It was wild.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that, yeah, that was a that was not a great stretch of uh, Pacer defense there. But yeah, I feel like be, the mix of Grady playing well, it almost feels like he, he missed a couple threes late in this game where it's just like, he's been so on point lately that it's kind of a surprise that mm-hmm. he, sometimes when he misses. but he had a really nice uh, catch and shoot three in the corner where the ball, he caught the ball and the ball was just gone like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just feel him being a rookie, the, the team not going anywhere. They're just going to give him that shot just for the sake of giving him that shot. And also with Gary's contract, you probably, you may not resign him. So they're like, okay, you know, let's see how Grady fa- fares in a starting role before this season's out. Let's see, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, how much info we could collect on that and then, the, you know, just... That gives him more tape to work off of in the offseason to work on his game and things like that. I just feel like it's going to happen. Maybe, maybe like, it'll take, like, another month or so. Maybe the last month of the season, last few weeks of the season, they make that switch. But I feel like it's a switch that's going to happen. That's just me. I don't know if you agree on that, but that's my hope.
1: Yeah, it's tough, man, because I get the logic of wanting Grady Dick to start. I totally get it, especially if you're not someone who thinks Gary Trent Jr. is long for this team, which every day I feel like I'm less sure that he's part of the long-term plans here. But that said, I mentioned off the top, like the starters are kicking ass right now. 213 possessions, a plus 12.1 net rating, 121.6 offensive rating. The defense is at 109.5 defensive rating, which is like, pretty good in today's NBA 67th percentile among all lineups. like that's good. It's got orange on it, uncleaning the glass. That's good. So I, I don't know if those results and those numbers are going to matter. Maybe that's proof of concept enough that you keep Gary around and maybe there's it's worthwhile to get a look at Grady in that spot anyway. But if the numbers keep on being so impressive for the starters and they keep winning their minutes so substantially, then I I don't know what happens here. It's a pretty interesting sort of conundrum, I think, for Darko Ryakovich to sort through in the front office, you know, to sort through as well, as far as their intentions here. Um, My, hmm, sorry, did you have something you wanted to toss in?
2: Yeah, I, I, I hear the numbers and those are good numbers, but I feel this year is for development anyway, right? True. So I, I just feel like despite those numbers, they would make the switch anyway, just to see how he does. I mean, it's completely harmless. It's at the end of the season where you're mm-hmm. not making the playoffs. So for sure. if you were to start him for a hand, hand, handful of games just to see what's what, I just feels like that makes a lot of sense, despite what the numbers say.
1: For sure. And to that point, like, I don't think having Grady Dick in that spot versus Gary Trent Jr. affects the development of Barnes quickly or Barrett either, right? Like, the, no. they'll still get the same effect and maybe even more because Grady, I think, is a little bit more conducive to the Darko style of offense. Um, my hmm with Grady Dick, it's also Grady Dick related, I should say, um, is. Does he just finish at the rim, like, incredibly yeah. well through contact now? Like, what's going yeah. on here? Last like, games, yeah. Yeah, just that like too. five times in the last three games,
2: he's just finished through a whole bunch of contact at the rim? Like, okay, man. That was the most impressive thing from him from this game because he mm-hmm. was only one for four from three. But, yeah, he had a couple of drives in this game where this was just not happening a couple of weeks ago. So if he's, be- he- if he's you know, developing ability to – finish at the rim in traffic. Shoot. I'll take that last 14
1: games for Grady Dick. He's shooting 75% at the rim per clean the glass 87th percentile. That's awesome. That is so good. He's also shooting 59% from the corners. One of the best corner shooters in the NBA in that span of 14 games, all threes, he's shooting 47% in that time. Like If he's going to be, like, a rim and threes analytics darling guy, like, yeah, sign me up for the Grady Dick starting experience. I'm all for it, and, you know, who knows if it holds up. But, man, oh, man, those are some some impressive numbers over the last 14-game stretch here.
2: Yeah, I apologize. This has not been the last couple games because I even remember a a week ago or something, he had that that Jordan-esque layup where he switched hands with the reverse. So, yeah, it's definitely been a thing. He's growing before our
1: eyes. He was 17 and a half three days ago. Now he's 18. Uh, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. We'll leave it there. Jamar, thanks so much for hanging out, buddy. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there?
2: Yes, my typical Raptors Republic work. There's a link on my Twitter, JamarBH on my uh, bio. Uh, I have a recap of this Pacers game up on there. I'm also going to kind of catalog Scotty's uh, first all-star weekend there i mean he's been there before um as a rookie uh, obviously everybody remembers him and (laughs) maxi but i mean as an like as an all-star for the first time just kind of like i'll just kind of like have a recap there of everything the fun stuff awesome stuff he does there so
1: Yeah, we'll probably go all-star heavy on tomorrow's podcast. I might get someone on the show who's like an all-star sicko. We'll figure it out. Uh, Maybe this is time to call on our pal Joey Devine from Roundball Rock. We'll see. But either way, thank you so much for jumping on and hanging out. Jamar, love having you as always. Uh, And for you, the listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate very, very, very much. You can go find the show for free wherever you get your podcast, follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, et cetera, et cetera. Always appreciated when you support the show. And we'll be back again on Friday to talk about All-Star Weekend. Preview the dunk contest with Jalen Brown, of all people. That's fun. Uh, as our pal Jay e. Skeets noted, kind of an under-talked-about story that an all-NBA player is doing the dunk contest alongside some G League guys. That's going to be wild. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have fun with that tomorrow. In the meantime, thank you so much for hanging. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.